On this MVP National Zoom podcast, Pastor Brian Hallmark is going to give us keen insight into the big difference in living for approval and living from approval. Hey, welcome to the MVP Leader Group National Zoom podcast, where we honor, encourage, and connect ministry leaders in the U.S. and around the world. I am Terry Allen. I'm your host and the co-founder of MVP, along with Sam Lee, beautiful Sam Lee, my wife. And we are honored for you to be with us today. Why do we call this ministry MVP? It's not rocket science. As leaders rise or fall, so goes the local church, the ministry, the organization. You're important. You're vital. You are indispensable to this nation. You're indispensable to your church. We have to have you strong and healthy. That's spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. We're never going to win in this country without you. I've said it before. We've got to have you fulfilling your role with excellence. Today, our guest MVP is Pastor Brian Hallmark. He and his wife, Cindy, serve as lead pastors at Christian Life, Santa Fe, New Mexico. I think you'll find Brian to be an extraordinarily clear communicator who was right on point with a word from God for those of us on the Zoom call August 5th, 2021. He's an MVP for sure, and he's going to speak to you, and he's going to speak right to the heart of where some of you are today. Get something to write with. Take it to heart. Brian Hallmark. Man, it is so good to be here. It's such a humbling experience to be able to speak, uh, especially that first one. You know, there was a lot of, uh, I mean, you got Mari Davis on there. It's just like, whew, man, it's uh, some uh, big mountain movers on that that one there. And it's a privilege to be on here with uh, seeing a lot of my New Mexico friends. And it's good to see I'm not the only one left behind from Orlando and that uh, a lot of you are in your office as well. And uh, so I'm excited to be able to speak to you guys. And uh, just a little bit about me. My name is Brian Hallmark. I am from the Waco, Texas area and I've uh, been married 26 years, just celebrated 26 years this July. I have two children. Uh, they're not really children anymore, I guess, but uh, my oldest son is Josh and uh, he's my youth pastor here in Santa Fe and uh, his lovely wife, Gabby, and they're doing an amazing job. And then I have a second son. Uh, who is, uh, uh, he's in the military. He's at Langley Air Force Base, ba- uh, Langley Air Force Base, Virginia, and, uh, he's in cyber warfare. So he is there, uh, protecting us in the air. So, uh, with, uh, the Wi-Fi. And so we want to just, uh, uh, start. I just want to start out today with saying that, uh, I'm, again, I'm humbled and just so excited to be able to do this. And, um, so, with with that being said, I want to move into what what God really put on my heart today. It was simply uh, the basis of this is living from not living, uh, yeah, living from approval and not for approval, and what God's called us to and what this is all about. One of the scriptures that's always been challenging to me is John thirteen thirty four. We read it, but a lot of times we don't necessarily get to live it out the way that it was intended. And Jesus said, a new command I give you, love one another. That's not the new part. The new part is where God himself came down and showed us this love. And he says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. We have to learn to love at different levels. And there's 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 loving where we live and who God's given us in our lives is a, a very challenging thing as a pastor because 
Um, word, love is not just words. Love is an action. Uh, love is not just feelings. Love is a decision. And, and so as we walk through this, uh, the goal, I believe, for us is, is we all want to be good with God. But really, the, the barometer is the health and maturity of our relationship with God is going to be determined by the health and maturity that we have with the relationships God's given us. And so loving one another and in ministry, man, this could be a really big struggle. I went through uh, some staff change and uh, there was some uh, deception, manipulation. There was some uh, backstabbing, some hurt. And uh, it's I just had to make a healthy choice that I'm going to love unconditionally. And this is where God got me because, you know, we always say that we're going to love unconditionally, that agape love but after someone's disappointed me. And when we talk about disappointment, we're talking about being let down. We're talking about being frustrated. We're talking about being angry with somebody. And so I just want to uh, bring us into an epic failure that uh, was in the, the Word of God, and it was the life of Peter. And, and we you know we read about Peter, but I want you to think about this. Imagine having your failures in a book for people to read and to use on Sunday mornings, I mean, to learn from. And so Peter's failures were there for us to read. And on the night that Jesus was betrayed and he was arrested, uh, if you'll remember, Peter said he would go to the grave for Jesus. He said he would die for him. He would go to jail and he takes that sword out. He cuts off that ear and, uh, uh, you know, Jesus uh, rebukes him for that. But in the scripture, we notice that he goes in uh, Matthew chapter 26, starting at verse 71. He actually is found in the courtyard there denying Jesus uh, to three, uh, three times. And then he hears the rooster crow and he realizes his epic fail. Uh, one of the things that I, I, I recognize in me that uh, I see from Peter is Peter's a type A personality. And a type A personality is the kind of person who is okay with, he wants the ball. He wants to take the last minute shot. He wants to be in control. He wants to make the decisions. You know, we read Peter's life and we see Peter's the one who put his foot in his mouth. He's the one who spoke up quickly and answered. He's the one who stepped out of the boat and, and stepped into what God was calling him to do so quickly. And the problem, though, with that is we have a lot of people that are watching our successes, but they also see us in our failures. And in ministry, we're going to have a lot of failures. I, I was reading earlier about how uh, some things that were made out of mistakes. We were talking about this in the last uh, session. And chocolate chips, uh, potato chips, the microwave, penicillin, these all things were made out of mistakes. And uh, uh, so we're going to make mistakes. The thing is, what do we do with them? There's something that we live in. We talked about, Terry brought up, was the gap. We have the expectation versus our experience. And I expect one thing, but I experienced something else. You know, when we took this church, uh, our first Sunday, there was 82 people. Uh, before COVID, we were running close to 400, and uh, we were actually getting ready for a third service in our church. And then COVID hit, and uh, it was it was a very challenging time, but we also... Uh, COVID released a lot of pressure uh, points in our in our ministry that we were seeing, and some things that we were able to back up and do differently. And but it also exposed some some uh, some failures. 
it exposed some things in our staff and our our church and uh, which you know God has worked out and, and and made beautiful in his timing but one of the things we got to be careful with is in our gap time is that I don't know about you but sometimes I can make this about my abilities and it's not really about my abilities whether I'm able the scripture says that God is able and so if if we live in our abilities then we die by our abilities and then we start living for the approval of man. We start living for those things. And so uh, Peter made it all about him. And sometimes I find if I'm just being transparent with you, I can make it about me so fast. And then I'm in this gap time where my expectations and my experience uh, don't match up. And I have this gap I live in and I can live in frustration. I can live in uh, failure mode. I can live in uh, trying to find approval from other people. And what God's really showed me is that when you put all this on you, your shoulders are not created to bear it all. You're just not created to do that. And so for me, uh, the 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 anxiety was strong for me. And, and I had to learn to lean into God during this time time in this gap period that I have. And uh, what, what I do know is that gap period will expose your weaknesses. It exposes your failures. It exposes those things. And, and it, it depends on how we deal with our failures and our relationships is how we walk through these things. A book that I read, uh, Marcus Buckingham, he talks about the one thing you need to know, and, and, and it's about viewing relationships. And he watches relationships for 20 years. And this is parent relationships, children, uh, spouses, co-workers, all different kind of relationships. And, and out of it, he finds that uh, unhealthy relationships felt uh, when they did their survey, they felt like that the conclusion has to be that people who have re- uh, healthy relationships, they had um, – uh, they lowered the bar, if you will. Uh, everybody gets a trophy. Uh, everybody, you know, you, they're not they're not really being truthful. And what he found was, though, the difference between unhealthy relationships and healthy relationships was the healthy relationships. He said had a uh, a positive mindset. They kept a positive mindset toward those who uh, they were in relationship with. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier: is that I, I tr- I'm trying to learn this, but but loving after loving unconditionally after someone has disappointed me, you know, I can love people who love me back, but it's those who disappoint me or, or have, have hurt me or, and trying to love them unconditionally. And when you experience this and, and, and the expectation was, was higher than the experience, there's this gap we live in that really is honestly a place to where we can start. Uh, you know, Terry said it earlier in our uh, last Zoom, but this is sort of where pastors quit. This is where we give up. This is where we, it, it's too hard. And one of the things I think about whenever I think about this gap is what I tend to do is I tend to label me and I tend to label people. And I, I sort of give them a number, if you will. Uh, my my labeling of myself actually comes from the fact that uh, I, I label myself based upon past experiences or successes, my abilities. And when I do that, if I label myself, if I had a failure and I label myself a three, then what I end up doing is it's hard for me to meet the expectations past three because that's what I label myself. It goes to the same principle of when you label people who have disappointed you. Uh, uh, if you look at it, all the disappointed Jesus. Uh, every one of them had failures and 
the thing that I see is when I label someone a three or I label them a four, I'm never going to let them move past a five, uh, that, that number. I'm never going to let them go above that. And so I think about this. I, I used to teach as well. And you'd get that kid who was brought up in the topics uh, in the, the teacher's lounge. And uh, boy, I hope you don't get Tommy next year. Tommy is terrible. Tommy is this. Tommy is that. Well, this label gets put on Tommy. And from the first grade, he goes into second grade. And teachers have labeled him a three or a two or a one. And then the next teacher lets him come into the classroom as a one, two or three. And then Tommy can never really accelerate because he's not given a chance. And so I, one of the things that God showed me was, is that we're not to live for approval. We live from approval. And God spoke this to me through this whole process that I am a 10. God sees me as this. One of my favorite chapters, whenever I'm down, is reading Ephesians 1, how he calls us blessed. He says, you're called, you're loved. And, and he has these things he says about us. And I have to go back and remind myself what God says about me, because it gives me energy. It gives me grace and mercy. And in that gap time, I learned that whenever I'm living in the gap of experience versus expectation, I have to apply the grace and mercy. You know, so many times we want grace and mercy in our failures, but we don't want to extend it to other people. And another thing God spoke to me that was so powerful for my life in all this process is God's disappointment in our sins and failures will never be greater than his love for us. And, and it's, it's that whole mentality of living in his love and his acceptance and knowing that I don't need the approval of man. I have to do what God's called me to do, even if it's not favorable with others or it's not popular. I find it very interesting that in this epic fail of Peter, Jesus shows us how to treat others who fail, how to treat others who love, and how to give ourselves grace and mercy. And, you know, he's resurrected, and, and, and he meets with the disciples. The Bible says he meets with them three times, but the first two times, he never brings anything up about these failures. And I, and I, I think that's something that uh, uh, we all hate to, uh, to be in that kind of conversation where uh, my dad, I'd rather my dad just whoop me than to be disappointed in me. And uh, you ever get that phone call or that email or that text, hey, I, I need to meet with you. Uh, can you come to my office or whatever it may be? And we always go negative. And imagine Peter is dealing with this and Jesus in John chapter 21, he sees, he comes out and he's making breakfast and he calls, he says, cast your net on the other side. Peter jumps in the boat, comes to him, jumps out of the boat, swims to him. And, and Jesus is, is, is cooking these fish. And he says to Peter, he says, do you love me more than these? And I thought this was really powerful because Peter had an epic fail. I think Peter also, if you remember, Jesus called him from fishing and he was mending nets. And he says, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. But when he failed, Peter went back to what he knew. He went back to fishing. And when Jesus brought him back to the shore there and he's cooking and he says, do you love me more than these? And if you can imagine Peter's struggle in this and Peter's thinking, yes, Lord, I, I, I love you. And he says, then, then feed my lambs. And then he goes on and he says, Peter, do you love me? And I just, I just think of this, the second question again, the same question. And Peter says, yes, I love you, Lord. And if you keep reading, he asks him a third time, do you love me? Man, and I could just feel Peter's soul sinking and just thinking, God, Yes, you know all things. You know that I love you. And he says, then feed my sheep. 
He was telling Peter, he wasn't questioning Peter's love. I think of Jesus as a parent. I never ask my kids questions because I'm looking for answers. I'm asking them questions because I want them to answer what I, what I know is true. And he was not questioning Peter's love. He was actually establishing Peter's love. And he was saying, Peter, I know you love me. Now get to work feeding my sheep. Peter was put back into a position that he never thought he could have again. He didn't realize he was working for approval instead of from approval, living in this gap of failure, struggling. He was trying to leave what he was called to. And Jesus is calling him back to this in John chapter 21. And I love what he says at the end there. He gives him some words, but he says this, follow me. And, and I found this to be so true. We, we follow, we want to follow programs. We want to follow, uh, uh, whatever the situation is, we follow so many different things when Jesus says, follow me. Just follow after me. And, and he calls Peter back to this position that he never thought he could have. And, 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 and this is one of the things I want us to see too is that out of the failure, Jesus knows our failures. Jesus knows our struggles. He knows those things, but he gives us the grace and mercy and reminds us and calls us and tells us that I love you. You are a 10. And then he tells us this. This is where it gets so powerful for me. I see you as a 10. Now go and see others as a 10. You know, one of my one of my uh, heartbeats for being a pastor is to see the 10 in other people, to bring them out of brokenness and failures and show them that you are a 10, that God sees that in you. And it's my job. If I want people to know what Jesus looks like, I need to treat them like Jesus. And so but that only comes really from uh, growing in our failures. I, one of my favorite quotes is Billy Graham. He says, uh, fruit doesn't grow on the mountaintops. He says it grows in the valley. And the valley is where we experience things. The valley, the valley is where we're stretched. The valley is the, the valley of the shadow of death, if you will. You know, I also love that that scripture says, uh, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we're not supposed to run. We're supposed to walk. And God's going to walk with us and be there with us and walk through whatever it is we're going through. The last passage I want to share with you that was on my heart was Acts chapter 13, verse 36. It speaks of David. And it says, after David had done his uh, done the will of God in his own generation, then he died. We are called to this generation. We are not an accident. We were born at the time. You're pastoring the church. You're supposed to pastor. You're in the leadership position you're supposed to be in. God has put you in that place because he wants you to do his will for this generation where you're at. And our number one goal is to live this out and to, to walk with Jesus and to let him uh, lean in. I, I really think this is powerful for me because it's not the victories that that strengthen me all the time. It's the failures and what I learned. John Maxwell says, when you fall, you might as well pick something up while you're down on the floor. And it's, it's, it grows us, it strengthens us. And so my encouragement today is that you would walk in that knowledge of that you, you are walking not for approval, but from approval. God has already called you. He's ordained you. He has set you apart. He has you in your communities. He has you in your, you married the person you married. You're raising the children you're supposed to because God has a purpose for you in this generation. And it, it is to live from approval, not for approval. And we all fail. And it's, it's that grace and mercy in the gap that we, that God extends to us, that we extend to others. And it helps all of us do what we're called to do. MVPLeaderGroup.com